The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and good afternoon if you are tuning in live. If you're downloading a podcast, thank you so much for downloading this is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today, and we're going to be covering yet another hot topic in career advancement and job search. And if you've been tuning in, as, as many of you have over the last few weeks, you know that this show is a show where we spend our time really exploring skills and tools to help you manage your own career as the world moves more and more towards everybody being in charge of their own career and their own career direction, that's the point of this show. And I share my experience each week, having helped thousands of job seekers advance in their careers, and I bring in industry leaders to provide career intelligence to help you stay ahead of the curve and proactively moving towards your goals. And this week, we do have a very special guest. We are going to be talking with Frances Jones. And she is here in really just to give us some great information about compensation. And Frances Cole Jones is a nationally renowned career expert, a top five speaker in communications, and best-selling author of, of many books, of, of which I'm sure we'll talk about during our time today. And her company is focused on cultivating inherent strengths to develop more powerful communication skills. So I was really excited to talk with Francis because if you've been listening at all, you know that I also love the strengths-based approach. And so, Francis, we're here to talk today about compensation. And why don't you tell me a little bit here, what do you see as some of the key issues that people struggle with when they're talking about compensation? I think there are a number of different factors in play. Um, one of them is that a lot of us are just incredibly uncomfortable talking about money. It makes us tense. And so when things make us tense, we tend to not think about them, thinking, oh, well, you know, it will just come to me in the moment, or I'm just better on the fly. And that never really actually works. So I think that there's that piece. And then, you know, some of us also, we might have geared ourselves up to actually have the uncomfortable conversation, but then because we are uncomfortable, we undercut our authority with either our body language or with our tone. So we might sound like the statement that we're making about what we wish to um, earn ends up sounding more like a question. 
So <laughs> things like that are all a lot of what I talk about. You know, how to sit so that you appear trustworthy, how to use your voice to give yourself, you know, add resonance and authority, those kinds of things. And then there's just also some languaging. You know, there's some words that people respond to that I want um, you to know about. And finally, you know, some of us are actually going after jobs where the pay is more than we're currently making. And that can make you tense because you feel like, do I even really deserve this money? Which you do. So, um, so there, are, there are a lot of different factors in play. And, uh, and I'd love to talk about all of them. Yeah, good, good. So that underlying factor is that we don't we don't like to talk about money, and um, and we'll talk about that some more. I love that, and and that, like you said, sometimes it sounds like a question when we ask for that that raise or that salary in a job interview instead of a a statement or a, I don't mm-hmm. want to say a demand, but you know the that we deserve it and that's that's what we're worth. Um, right. Yeah, I, I love that. Do you find that there are different types of people or maybe even areas of the country where people struggle more with that, or does everybody struggle with talking about money? I think everybody can struggle with talking about money. In my experience, and it's possible it's because I am a woman, in my experience, women have a bit more trouble negotiating these conversations. Um, many of us are people pleasers. So it, we're, it's a little bit easier if someone says, oh, you know, I can't really do it first to go, oh, okay, all right, I'll take that. Um, so there's, there's that piece. Uh, just on a purely physical level, uh, we tend to have higher voices. So we do sound less authoritative than, you know, we might actually feel or want to be. And, um, and you know, from time to time, we also go in with a feelings-based approach to why we should be compensated. And that never works. You have to have facts. And you have to have a boatload of facts to back up your request. It can't be, you know, because, you know, my colleague down the hall got a raise, so now I need one too. Um, so you really, you need to have a, a very fact-based conversation. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I was actually just talking about that last week in terms of if we feel like we deserve a raise, no matter what age we are, it can sound like entitlement if we don't have those facts, Right. Right. And and facts just help you remain very calm and very clear and it keeps the conversation from ever becoming personal. Cuz I think personal is when we tend to it's just it's so easy for things to get heated um if you feel like you're under attack. Whereas if you're just you're just running numbers with somebody, you know, this is how many hours I worked, this is how much I contributed, this is how much revenue I brought in. Uh, then that's just that. So Okay. Let's start there. Tell me a little bit about preparing for the compensation conversation. Let's talk about it in two different ways. Let's start with a job interview, and then secondly, let's talk about a you know, raise, promotion kind of okay. opportunity. But when someone's preparing to talk compensation in a job interview, what do you... What do you suggest that they look at or or do as they're planning to have that conversation? 
I think you want to obviously research jobs in that field. You know, try to get a sense of what is being offered. And I would never come in with an actual one number. I think it always helps to give other people a little bit of wiggle room because it gives them the illusion of control. So I think you always want to walk in and say, I'm looking for something in the range of X to Y. And then stop talking. You know? Because <laughs> very often... Yeah, I love say, that technique. You know, but what happens is we'll say, I'm looking for something in the range of X to Y, but if that seems like it's too much, and then, 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 then. no, no. Just I'm looking for something in the range of X to Y. And then let them do their own negotiating. Um. Because, again, what I find very often is that we, we get nervous. Um, and so we tend to begin to back down before we've even been told no. The other thing I find is incredibly helpful to do is you have to practice saying it out loud ahead of time. You know, because you can know in your mind, okay, this is my number and this and that, but there's that moment when it's coming out of your mouth, if you've never said it out loud before, that if you're feeling nervous, all of that is going to come through in your voice. And you know, one of the things I work with people a lot on is that UCLA did a study of the three components of your message, verbal, vocal, and visual. 38% of your impact comes from your tonal quality. So what your voice is doing while you're talking. So you really need that moment when you say your number. You want to inhale and speak on an exhalation. And, and, and again, not make it sound like a question. It has to be definitive. I'm looking for something in the range of X to Y. Yeah, I love um, that. And, <laughs> and, no, go ahead. No, no, that's it. That's, that, those, are, those are really what I want with, with, that, um, with that initial conversation around, around compensation in a job interview. And the other thing I find that people I run into quite a bit is that people worry that they're going to price themselves out of the job. If they come in too high, then, you know, they won't even get a call back. But I've spoken to a lot of HR people around the, com- the country, and truly, if they like you and they think you're the best candidate, They'll say to you, look, we just don't have that money. This is what we've got. Okay, so now you're in a very real conversation. And if that's the case and it's a job you really want, then where you go from there is you say, all right, you know, I do want to work here. This is important to me. Would it be possible for me to build in a review in six months? And maybe I can get a little bit of a bump then. Exactly, exactly. And the... You know, if you've done your research, as you mentioned ahead of time, you can create a range that that will allow them to do that negotiating, right? That That's the whole right. point of the research and the range put together. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved what you were saying about practicing it out loud. And when we talk about interviewing in the past, I've talked about, you know, call yourself and leave the voicemail and listen to it later. And I think even with saying your range, that might be a great idea. Call yourself, leave a voicemail. And listen to it. Does it sound like you're asking or that you're stating the fact? How is that right. running across even over the phone? That's a great idea. You know, because you can't, until you hear yourself, you can't really imagine what it's going to sound like. And I know for myself, you know, every now and then when I have to 
quote, uh, you know, to a client of bid, I really do have to practice saying it because sometimes it could just sound crazy, you know, and I, and I know that it's not crazy, but you get nervous and you start to think, oh, well, maybe, that'll make you nuts. So I do a lot of practicing or I call a friend and I say, what do you think? How am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, I, I think we're about here to our, our break, but when we come back from the break, we will talk about preparing for the conversation if we're going to ask for a raise. And it may be similar, but if there's any other nuances in terms of asking for that raise, is walking into a job interview where maybe it's a little bit more expected that you're going to have that conversation than it might be if you're asking for a raise. So we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we're going to keep talking with Francis Cole-Jones about the compensation conversation. And if you're listening today, you are making yourself money because, as you said, Francis, I think we all struggle with this conversation with asking for money, whether we're working for a company or being a consultant, as you mentioned. And so these these tips that you're giving are going to be invaluable as as we move forward in our careers in many different capacities. So we'll be back in just a few minutes and keep talking about the the conversation around compensation. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant welcome back to the career confidant and today, this is your host, Marie Zimanoff, who is welcoming a very special guest, Francis Cole-Jones, and we've been talking about the compensation conversation, and we started the show by talking about preparing for an interview 
in terms of the salary negotiation. And Francis has shared some great insights about doing the research, getting that range so that the person across from you has, has some control. And I don't know if it's necessary, the illusion of control, but some they have some say in the matter when you give them that range. And then I loved the practice saying it out loud so that you're not surprised when that range comes out of your mouth. You may be writing it and thinking it, but Francis very well pointed out that that if you don't say it, it, it might still surprise you when it comes out of your mouth. So now we're going to switch gears here a little bit and talk about preparing for the conversation to talk salary if you're asking for a raise or a promotion. And Francis, how would you say that that is different? Um, I think it's different because, A, you know it's coming. So, you know, sometimes with job interviews, you can get a call or you can, you know, be switching jobs or whatever. Um, but with a raise or promotion, you can start thinking 100 days out. If you don't have a built-in review process, you really need to start doing your negotiating. I, again, I recommend 100 days out, so three months. If your boss hasn't brought it up, if you haven't had a review, if you haven't sat down and discussed your goals for the year and whether or not you're meeting them, then you know, don't wait till review day for them to say, oh, actually, I've been kind of unhappy with what's been happening. Really? Because now you have no chance to make it better. So in my mind, that conversation around a raise or a promotion starts 90 days or 100 days out. Then in that meeting, you want to be talking about, you know, this is where I believe I am. Is there anything, are there any benchmarks I need to hit? Is there anything I'm not happy with? All of that should be coming up. And you want to take notes for a number of reasons. A, you want to be able to do what, you know, they are mentioning you should be doing. But B, because it actually makes people feel really good when you write down what they say. It makes them feel more relaxed. It makes them feel more authoritative. And they simply like you better. It's one of the things I always say, you know, if you're in a restaurant and you give the waiter your order or the waitress and they don't write it down, you cannot relax until you get your food. So writing down what that person says in the meeting is going to make them really recognize on a very physical, visceral level that you're taking this conversation seriously. And then when you do actually end up going in for your meeting, I think then you're, you're ready to have a, fact, a facts-based conversation because you'll have your notes and you'll be able to look at them and say, this is where I was, this is where you said I needed to be, these are the benchmarks that I've hit. And that makes it much easier for your supervisor or your boss because now it's not a feelings-based conversation. Now it's not, well, I've been here for a year and I just feel like it's time or, you know, so-and-so down the hall got a promotion and I was thinking, you know, I've been here longer than he has. Then there's a hall monitor and that doesn't make anybody feel good. So all of those things can be very helpful. I love it. So at least 90 days ahead of time, you should be starting that conversation, making sure that you know what the metrics are and how you measure up to them, and and then be talking about those metrics, not comparing yourself to other people. No. The only bar you need to clear is the bar that your boss has set for you. Yeah, and we we tend to get into the comparison game um, pretty naturally, I think, in in our course. Of course, it's human nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. So 
if we are going to have that talk with our boss and we're getting our, our benchmarks, we know what those are and we're putting them in writing, would you recommend having that conversation as part of the formal review process or maybe outside of it is, is better? Well, I think that's one of the moments when, when you have the, the, the conversation, the 90 days out conversation, that's a good question to ask your boss. You know, I think, again, one of the things I can't stress enough is giving people the opportunity to control things that you don't care about. Like, if you don't care about when and how the conversation takes place, let them be in charge of that. So, say, is this part of my review conversation? Is this part of my, um, my you know, my raise conversation? All of these kinds of things. Uh, the only thing that I would always say to you about setting up any kind of meeting, whether it's your 90 days out meeting or your actual meeting itself, is you want to have set up a formal time to do it. What you don't want to do is leap out of the woodwork at somebody, you know, five minutes before they're leaving for the day because that makes them feel tense. So yeah. you really need to, to make it a formal process all the way through. Okay, good, good. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about your your tips for during the conversation. You mentioned at the beginning, you know, words to use and and phrases that, that will be helpful in, in making your compensation conversation successful. Share right. with us some of those phrases and words that you recommend and maybe some of the ones that you want people to watch out for and stay away from. Right. I think what's always great to do is to begin with what I call the what's working conversation. So even a part of the reason why you're asking for your raise or whatever is because you're unhappy about a few things, nobody wants to begin by hearing complaints. So I think it always makes those conversations go better if you begin with, you know, these are all the things I've been really happy about this past year. This has occurred and that has occurred and I loved it when this happened and I was so grateful to you for this and that and that. Oh, okay. Now the person across from you can actually exhale a little bit because they just don't feel as much on the hot seat. So I always want you to begin with all the things that you're happy about and you know, articulate them. Don't assume that the person across from you can read your mind. The other and that thing, would probably be the same with a job interview, correct? Yes, of course. You know, these are all the reasons why I love this job and, and why all, the, all the, re, the reasons why it was so um, exciting for me to see the listing for the job and all the ways I feel I can contribute to your goals and, and these kinds of things. In every case, you want to go back to... Um, the Duncan Hines, what we learned from the Duncan Hines cake mix marketing team, which is an odd thing, but roll with me. When Duncan Hines first started making cake mix, the decision to have you at home add the egg was actually made in the marketing department. Because what they realized is that when we add the egg, we're like, oh, I baked, right? I contributed to the cake. The same thing is true in any kind of a, a negotiation. You need to figure out what the egg is. So where does what you want it. intersect with what that person across from you needs? How are you guys going to work together to achieve a mutual goal? 
And I think that that is the piece that so often gets left out. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and in the job situation, tell me a little bit more about some, some phrases that can help people use that in their negotiations. I think that the one thing that we always say is we'll, we, after we've stated our number and somebody says to you, well, why do you think you deserve this? You need to have a very strong because. Uh, there's a social psychologist in California named Ellen Langer who did a study that showed that using the word because increases the possibility of cooperation from 60 to 94%. So I think I deserve this because here are my following facts um, and, and, and lay those out for people. But you have to have that, those specifics. Um, what I don't want you to do is to fall back on what I call useless modifiers. You know, because I'm a really great leader, I'm just a wonderful leader, you know, and I really lead people well. That doesn't help. That doesn't tell me anything. So you need to be very, very specific. Okay, okay. And that can that can be a little bit easier in the job situation. I, you know, I was working with a client years ago who was um, – applying for a job at the university. And you would think, you know, a university job, you're not going to have much negotiation room. But the salary was quite a bit lower than what this person was making and thought was deserved for the position and for her skills in the position. And so we did that. We did the, here's the job description, here's how I measure up to the job description. And she negotiated and actually got $10,000 more in salary Wow. The university. That's great. But like you're saying, it's using that because in a very factual, research-based, yeah, not using a, a lot of fluff or adjectives or, or maybe even comparisons to our peers, which we tend to default to. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a numbers conversation. And if you can point to, you know, because I increased revenue at my last job by X amount. Okay. Yeah. That's very real. Yep. So. Definitely. And that's I find people sometimes in, in a job you know, interview get nervous if the salary that they're currently making is less than the salary that, of the job they're applying for. And so what I recommend in that situation is for you to bring it up. Don't wait for your interviewer to say, well, how much are you making now? What I want my clients to do is to say, I'm looking for something in the range of X to Y more than I'm making right now, but more in line with what I feel I, with what I, feel I deserve. So don't, you know, because sometimes we're so nervous about them asking, and then the number's lower, and then now all of a sudden there's that kind of gotcha situation. Whereas if you bring it up, I'm going to tell you flat, this is more than I'm making right now, and this is why I think it makes sense. Then you've taken that away, and you've made it, uh, again, a, a, a conversation about mutuality, where you are just two colleagues solving a problem. All right. I love it. Okay. So we have talked a little bit about 
how to prepare for the conversation about compensation. And now we're kind of deep into the middle of the conversation. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back here with Frances, we're going to get her last bits of wisdom around the compensation conversation so that you can negotiate your worth, whether you are job interviewing or, or trying to get a promotion or raise within your current position. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and this is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and today we are talking with Frances Cole-Jones about the compensation conversation, and we've been talking about preparing for that conversation, whether it's a job interview or a raise, talked about some of the words to use, and and how to approach this, the conversation, and I love the, the Duncan Hines analogy that that they wanted you to be able to add the egg so that you could say you baked. And really that's what we're doing in any negotiation is talking about it as a partnership. How can we work together to make this work? And that's a great start to your working relationship. And so I love that idea, Francis. And I, I think if we don't have a conversation with people when we're, when we're getting a job or even when we're in the job, if we don't talk about the money, we're going to start to resent being there, not feel like we're being paid what we're worth, which means we're not being valued. And eventually it's going to be a bad ending for both parties. And so it's, it's really, it is a partnership to make sure that 
that we're on the right footing for the organization and for us. So I love that approach. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, it, it does make it, it just makes it seem, again, less like you're the, you know, the person is like, oh, please pick me, you know. Um, you're already viewing the, per, the person with whom you're negotiating as your future colleague. So. Yeah, and, and they said something interesting, that if you're going for more money than you're making now or that you made most recently, that you want to be the person to bring up the number. And I love I, I find that very interesting because all of the career professionals, all the books out there say, you know, he who talks numbers first loses. And so the approach you're talking about is different. Tell me a little bit about why why you would do it differently if you're asking for a raise versus waiting for them to talk numbers first. Well, as I said, I would only do it because in the situation where the job for which you are applying is a lot more than what you're making. Be- because what can happen is if you go in and you're applying and they say, okay, blah, 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 and it's much more, and they say, well, what are you making now? And then as I said, and you're, it's much less, and then you are, end up saying this number that's so low, and you just end up feeling like you're in this horrible gotcha moment where you've been exposed. So I just want you, in any situation, I mean, if you don't have a skill set that your interviewer is looking for, bring it up. You know, bring it up at the beginning. Like if I can, you know, because often interviewers begin by saying, what should, where should we start? And I think it's always great to say, you know, if I were sitting where you're sitting, I would be wondering about X. Like, why am I applying for this job if I don't have this skill set? Let me tell you. What I really want is I want the person who's interviewing to feel like they're a little bit more in the driver's seat. I don't need them to run the interview, but I want them to, you know, it gives you a much stronger feeling of confidence when you bring it up rather than, you know, waiting for the other person to do it. Or living in, you know, I always say to people, hope is not a strategy. You can't hope it doesn't come up. So you might as well, <laughs> no, yes, you I might totally as well agree. Bring actually, it up. we spent about a whole segment <laughs> talking about hope in my last show for exactly that reason, right? You've got to have a, a plan, and hope is great, but if you're unrealistic, it doesn't matter how much hope you have, and that's true in terms of salary also. Yeah, yes. And so, I find and then, that that problem right now is coming up more often. I would say I have many more professionals who are looking at taking a lower salary, right, because they were at a large right. company who had big salaries. Now even those companies are restructuring their salary structure. And so they're looking at, you know, they might have to take a lower salary. How do you navigate that conversation? I think if that's something that you're willing to do, and it's completely worth doing because you can always get back to where you were. But what you need to do is you need to reassure the person that you aren't going to jump ship in six months because that salary is so low. Because what they don't want to do is bring you in and train you and have you leave, and then they look bad. So if you are doing that, and if you're going in, you want to, again, say up front, I understand that the salary is lower than the one I've been making. I want to reassure you that once I'm hired, I will be making an 18-month commitment to this job. 
Okay. Okay. Because I think a lot so of people in that get, situation. They, they don't even would, they don't even get into it because the interviewer looks or or hears what they used to make and thinks, oh well, they'll never take this. Or even if they take it, they're just going to use this as a stepping stone and they're going to keep looking for another job. And they don't want to hire that person who's going to leave because that's money that's been spent on training. So you've got to yeah. you've got to bring it up and you've got to be willing if you're gonna if you're gonna say it, you've got to be willing to do it. So, but I promise you, I've done it and I've gotten the job, and it's all been worth it. So, it wasn't fun, but. <laughs> and so, if there's a discrepancy in salary, either way, either mm-hmm. lower or higher, we might want to bring it up ahead of time instead yeah. of waiting until they bring it up. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Okay. So, tell me what are some of the key phrases to avoid. So we talked about, you know, the body language and being nervous and not having a range ready. But what other things are there that that you see people saying or, or doing that kind of stick their foot in their mouth or, you know, would be easily avoided? Well, I guess one of the, just an interesting fact is that we trust you when we can see your hands and we don't trust you when we can't. So particularly if it's a conversation around money I really want you to have your hands where people can see them. Um, It seems like a small thing, but what's the first thing you know that they say to an alleged criminal? It's hands up. On the visceral level, your interviewer or your boss is going to like it better if they can see your hands while you're talking. The other thing I think that can happen is, you know, if we're feeling um, kind of, we go to this very overcompensatory, you know, kind of cocky place when we're talking about money. And people, I see a lot of people suddenly like hooking their arm over the back of the chair or leaning back and going into this kind of too cool for school body language. And that reads poorly. Nobody wants to give money to that person. All right. So I really, I need, I need people to kind of, you know, as I said, be sitting up, be sitting forward, be engaged in the conversation, have your hands where people can see them. Again, if you can write down what the person's saying, write it down. It's going to make them like you better. But all of these uh, seemingly small things begin to add up. Okay. So those are some great visual things to watch out for. Um, and things we don't think about, right? The sitting back in our chair sometimes we think, oh, makes us look relaxed. It can it can make you come across as cocky, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, in okay. terms of words and things to avoid, I think the main thing to to think about is actually saying less. Silence. Okay. Is one silence is one of your biggest best friends when you're negotiating, and we tend to. As I mentioned before, we tend to undercut ourselves because when we say our number, um, if the other person doesn't respond immediately, you know, I, and I, I've heard it all the time, people say, well, you know, it might be too much, and if that's not okay, then I only want you to have, stop. So I, I just, I, get, I think it's less about, what, it's about saying less and being comfortable with the silence. And realizing it's not your job to do their negotiating for them. Good. Good. And we talk about that a lot in interviewing, right? Especially with the negative questions or why did you leave or why did you get fired? Short, sweet, Mm -hmm. to the point, factual. Mm -hmm. 
and you're you're just saying the same thing about salary. Short, sweet, to the point, fact-based, research-based. Give them that range, and then and let it go. Yeah, and again, let them. They have to let them let them do their own dirty work. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I like that. And if it is a if it is a number that that you know, no matter what it is, you want to say, you know, thank you for that offer. You you always want to thank people. Thank you. I, I do appreciate it. You know, as you can imagine, you know, I, w- I was hoping for more. And I don't know if that's something that you can provide right now, but you know, I I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. And that's just you know, it's very that's very non confrontational. And again, beginning, you know, by 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 acknowledging what's working, you know, if they have made you an offer, you know, do do make a point of thanking that. You know, you don't want to say, "Ugh, you know, no, I was really hoping for more." That doesn't. No one wants to give more to that person. Um, you know, you know, thank you. It, it's always a lovely way to begin. However, <laughs> I was hoping. Uh, Good. And. So as we kind of finish up our time here, are there any specific tips that you would give for women as they're negotiating these conversations? As I said, because we have higher voices, it is really easy for us to sound less authoritative than we might be. So it is a matter of really getting into your lowest possible register because that is where we sound like we know what we're talking about. And so and it is about not having everything, and like it sounds like a question, because when I'm doing this and I'm asking about money, then you don't take me seriously. Um, so you, you've got to drop the up speak. And it's a, bad, it's a terrible habit, but it really does not serve you in a negotiation conversation. Yeah, 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 and we we tend to do it a lot, or we say, "I yeah. think," you know, that's one of the phrases that we might want to watch out for. We probably don't say it in salary. You know, I think I'm looking for this range. Probably isn't going to get you very far either. No, you're just looking for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we think and then we say. <laughs> Good. Well, Francis, we have appreciated your time and your expertise so much. And, you know, I know that this conversation is so critical for people in their career. As you said, even as a consultant or if you're 1099ing out there. So give us some information about how my listeners can connect with you. I know you you have a Twitter handle and, and you're out there. So give us some information about how we can connect with you. The best way is I have a website, uh, which is just my name, FrancisColeJones.com, and on the website there's an Ask a Question button, which rolls directly to my phone. So, and I love that. <laughs> um, and I love the questions that I get, and I answer every single one that I get. It might take me a few days, but I will respond to you. Um, but it is my great joy uh, to to really, you know, get in um, and hear the stories, and, and that's where I get my best information. So, so I recommend that. I wrote a book called While Your Way Into the Job of Your Dreams, uh, which is an e-book, um, and it's very kind of short and sweet and down and dirty, kind of 75 pages 
whammo. Doesn't go on and on. Uh, so that's possible. And that's available wherever ebooks are sold. And then I have an app which is available for the iPhone called Interview Wow. And, uh, and that has a lot of information on it. And that's free. So you can find me lots of different ways. Great. Great. <laughs> well, thank you again. And thank you so much. Francis. Yeah, Frances Cole-Jones, if you're listening and, and you like what you're hearing about her interview assistants, check her out at Frances Cole-Jones, Frances Cole-Jones, sorry, com. So thank you again, and listeners will be back in just a few minutes to summarize the tips from today and give you a few other points to think about as you're walking into those compensation conversations. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about probably one of the most directly impacting your salary conversations, which is the compensation conversation. So whether you are job seeking and interviewing or you're looking for a raise internally, Frances Cole Jones was here and she gave some great tips about preparing for this conversation and, and acting the conversation out. And so, as you're thinking about that compensation conversation, admit that it's an uncomfortable thing, right? We don't like to talk about money. And most of us don't like to talk about money. I think if you're from the Midwest or, or, or female, it may be even a little bit more uncomfortable. But thinking about that preparation, 
Do you know your facts? Do you know what people are looking for? Do you know what the range is, is real, realistically for that job? And do you know why you deserve it, right? We don't want to sound entitled. We don't want to sound like we're, we feel like we deserve it. I want you to know you deserve it based on facts, how you've added value, what the market is, all of those pieces, your facts. Then when you're having the conversation, I love Francis's analogy of the Duncan Hines, right? You are letting them add the egg. Here's the range and let it go, right? Keep it short, keep it factual, give them the opportunity to add to the conversation. And then I I really loved getting out of our box and thinking about when we might want to not wait for them to talk numbers first, right? If you're making a change in compensation up or down, it may be to your benefit to bring that up. I'm looking for something in the range of. And you've got to be careful with that timing, right? We don't want it to be too fast where they think all you're about is the money and you don't want to wait so long that they ask first, what was your last salary? What are, you know, what are you looking for? They're not going to ask you that, right? They're going to ask you what was your last salary. And if you have to give up that information, it might put you at a disadvantage if you're either coming down or going up. So thinking about how you want to handle that conversation and that it may not be that he who talks numbers last wins, right? And so thinking about what's your strategy. And when we're talking about letting them talk numbers first, that can come at a time when maybe you don't know the range, you don't know what's realistic, maybe you're going from a small company to a big company so you don't know what is realistic, then you might wait and use some of the strategies around negotiation when you're waiting for them to talk numbers first, right? If they ask you for those numbers, you say, well, what is the budgeted range for the position? It's a great way to see if you'll give up that information, right? They ask you, what are you looking for? What are your salary expectations? And you say, well, what is the budgeted range for this position? giving yourself the opportunity to hear their numbers first if for some reason you couldn't find a great range during your research. And this, again, works in certain circumstances. I was working with an individual probably around six years ago now who was looking for a job with a bigger company, had been a consultant with a smaller company, and didn't really know the range, and went through this this conversation and how he could at least try to not say the numbers first since he was having trouble getting anybody to tell him what a good range would be. And he brought up, you know, the conversation or the conversation got brought up, sorry. And he said, well, you know, what is the budgeted range for the position? And the number that they came back with was three times what he had in mind, three times what he had been paid at the smaller company. And so that can have some value for you. If you're having trouble finding a range, you're making some kind of transition inside the company. And I, I love what Francis said, that if you're making a transition and you know that you're looking for an increase in pay or you know 
that you're having to take a pay cut because the salary that you've been offered is no longer valid in your area or in your industry or whatever it might be. Going to a smaller company, you're pretty sure it's going to be smaller. Then there may be benefit in saying, I've made this much and, and based on the level of position and all of the metrics that I meet now, this is this would be my expectations. And again, having that researched range. Most of this comes down to, just as everything else does in the interview, it really comes down to your preparation. Doing that research, knowing what range you want to give out, knowing your strategy, and how are you going to dance it a little bit if you don't want to say your number first, and being practiced. I love, love, love what Francis was talking about, saying that number out loud before you get to the interview. It shouldn't surprise you when it comes out of your mouth, right? It, do practice it with friends. I love calling yourself, leave a voicemail, listen to it, so that you can hear your own voice say it. Are you saying it as a question or a fact? Do you sound nervous? Are you comfortable with it? Do you sound like you deserve it? And not entitled deserve it, but I really factually deserve this amount based on my skill set and your requirements. That's where we're headed with the compensation conversation is getting that piece. Now, all of the other interview preparation, the research, asking good questions, all of those are your proof that you deserve the compensation. Right? We've got our accomplishments from our past work history. We've got those other things in our arsenal. But if we can't perform during the interview, if we can't connect to the employer during the interview and talk about our skills in an intelligible, clear, value-add way, we're going to have a harder time negotiating for that pay. And I agree with Francis 100% that if the HR person, the hiring manager like you, if your range is not what they can offer, they will work with you. They will they will sit down and figure out how to make it work up to the point where it's just not in, even in the realm, right? But if you are in the ballpark and you give them that range and it's a bit high, they'll work with you. If they have gotten from you what they needed from you during the interview process, right, a a solid person that they like, whose skills they can depend on. And I say it in that order for a reason, right? They've got to like you. And then we can get into the other pieces. So I hope that you're following along with us at GetCareerSmart.com. If you ever have any questions about interviewing, job search, career advancement, navigating your career, that's what I'm here for. You can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And we look forward to seeing you here each week as you look to advance your career and you're getting such great tools and information from the experts that I bring in and I'll keep giving you everything I've got through my experience so that you can move your career forward. So thank you for tuning in to The Career Confidant and we will see you next week right here on Voice America Radio.
Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. We'll be right back.